This is Daniel Caligiuri. Hello from Gelsenkirchen to all the Schalke Americans. Blau und Weiß, sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Schalke America. Welcome to episode 183 of Schalke America. I am your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me, as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing? Yes, sir. We are doing well. Uh, not as well as we would be if it were a victory <laughs> Monday, but yeah. uh, it is it is an unbeaten Monday. The streak continues. Uh, somewhat circuitous route to that to that result this weekend with the way that game uh, ultimately went, but uh, yeah, Schalke continuing to avoid defeat. Problem is not not getting as many wins as we need, and uh, there's some teams around us that are finding a way to snipe off some victories. So that's going to be something we have to address down the stretch here. Ugh, fucking Bochum. Yeah, yeah, um, it is something we're gonna have to address here. But uh, yeah, we got we got some things to talk about today. Obviously, we're gonna recap or review. The game against Augsburg uh, and some mistakes uh, by us, and not only us, but also on uh, maybe Demirovic as well. Um, we'll look ahead to what lies in international break, including five called-up players, uh, including the Lord himself, Matriciani. Uh, and then, yeah, look at, we'll look at some, uh, before maybe before that, we'll look at uh, some of the results around the league that may or may not have gone our way this weekend and uh, how that looks ahead. Obviously, still big six points on the uh on the horizon, but uh, we got to get our job done. But like you said, eight games now unbeaten. Uh, so I mean, that's that's pretty good in itself. You know, twenty twenty three has been well, doing pretty good for us. I think overall so far, we we've done well against top of table teams like Union and Dortmund, um, Frankfurt, not so much. But this one we kind of started the role, I guess. And we have a gauntlet to end the season, uh, but we got to kind of clean up some of our business here on, on, on the horizon and uh, Augsburg is the most team at present that we got, we got to talk about. Um, interesting game to say the least. I think Jack, uh, uh, head scratcher all the way around, I guess. I don't know. I had a weird feeling going into this one. Um, almost yeah. to the sense that like, like the fact that it ended in a draw, I was actually somewhat pleased with for some reason. I had a bad feeling we were going to lose this game. We're going. We're going on this great unbeaten run. You know, we just get a result against you know a, a pretty superior opponent in terms of Dortmund. Unbeaten then, at home, the last like five six games too. It just felt like this Augsburg game was a trap game for some reason. You know, mid table team, not really thinking about it. It's right after yeah. the derby and the emotional yeah. thing. So I was actually kind of expecting to lose this. It was looking like it was yeah. going to head that way potentially for a bit. Glad we got out of there ultimately. But yeah, kind of a strange game. It was certainly a strange game, and it started out strange because the lineups were strange, I think, at least for me, and I'll get, get your thoughts here in a second. Uh, starting 11, Fairman, obviously, in goal. Uh, back for Bruner, Yoshida, Jensen, Matriciani. Uh, then we get the, so we're the, the mix sort of coming in here. You had uh, Kral and Kraus, of course, in the middle, but so was Eder Balanta. And then in the attack, you had Bulter, Fry, and then Karaman. Karaman, obviously, with his heroics from the week before that, I guess, Thomas Rice is going with a hot hand, but thoughts on the insert, uh, insertion of Karaman and Balanta for you? Well, I mean, I mean, uh, Karaman at least first. Kazuki's still unavailable too, so that that right wing position is is going to be potentially up for grabs. Salazar we've seen play more centrally recently as opposed to on the wing. Of course, he can play on the wing, mm -hmm. um, it, but you know he, he's not always going to start every game. Um, 
you know, he's pretty effective as a super sub too. And we've seen that throughout his time at Schalke. So, you know, who knows? There's, I think there's always going to be some variation. Caraman scores a goal and it's a big goal for us to be fair. It's, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not upset about him getting rewarded with a start for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he scored a, you know, game, game saving, a result saving goal in the Derby. So anyway, but um, yeah, as far as the midfield, uh, kind of the first time we've seen like a four, three, three, uh, general starting shape from from Rice in a while. It's usually been like a four two three one. Obviously, those are similar, but you know we're, we're swapping, you know, yeah. a Salazar, somebody in a more slightly advanced central role, um, uh, and swapping that out for a Balanta, you know, at the base of the midfield, somebody who's going to be significantly more physical, defensive, uh, and enforcer back there, um, that kind of a thing. So that kind of tells you a little bit, I think, about what what Rice expected from this game and from the opponent, what was going to be needed. Um, how did you feel that worked ultimately, though? I don't know. Um, I mean, for once, and I don't, I don't say this is a good thing. For once, Balanta and Crawl lived up to their yellow card proneness, right? Both within first ten minutes to get a yellow card. I'm like, come on, man, really? <laughs> this game? Um, I mean, the, the Balanta one, I just started laughing because it was, it was just it, like it, wasn't knew, it was going to happen. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And referee, you could tell he was trigger happy. Um, and we'll get to how he had the end of the game, mostly in our favor. But yeah, I think overall. I think the Karaman, I agree with you, but Karaman, he deserved to start after the heroics of last game, um, but he did nothing really. He came out for I was at 45 minutes and it made sense because he wasn't doing anything. Not getting the ball. Um, Blanta and Kroll and Kraus, I think despite you know the yellow cards from two of them, um, they were okay, but I think Augsburg came with the intent. I I, I had a feeling Augsburg, like you, uh, that, that I felt uneasy about this game. Augsburg came out well. They 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 had a wave to begin the game, as you would expect from a home team, unlike us last week. Um, and, you know, we tried, we tried to defend best we could. They had the lion's share of the possession in the first half. Um, they had a lot of corners, had a lot of had more shots than we did. We really couldn't create anything, I think, offensively. I think this is the first game, I think, too, that uh, Michel Fry was probably his worst game with us so far. And, you know, that's the same because he's had some pretty good games for us. Ever since he's been starting, he's had really good moments here and there. And I think overall, he it was a pretty poor game for a hit from his standards. Um, but overall, I mean, we got the result ultimately. Uh, but yeah, it just from the lineup, it just everything seemed off. And and I don't know if it's just the personnel or it's a trap game, like you said. I don't know. It just felt weird to me beginning to end. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Fries, I do. <sighs> I do feel like there were a number of moments where I noticed him doing good things off the ball, like defensively. Um, yeah, putting yeah, putting pressure on people, closing things down, forcing them into quick passes that Caraman led, led to turnovers a couple of times. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, as far as offensively, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that too much. And yeah, I agree. Caraman was was largely um, uh, anonymous in the first half. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think we struggled. I mean, you have Augsburg. I think they're kind of sitting in like a four four two. Um, it's it, it's it wasn't easy for us to create a lot of high, high, uh, you know, XG opportunities. I think a lot of the shots that we ultimately had, I mean, we, we, we ultimately in terms of the chance creation we, we created more than them and that's, and that's even, you know, removing the penalty, which yeah. is going to be, you know, like 0.75 XG or whatever that is. But I feel like it wasn't like, because we created that many significant chances. It was just an accumulation of kind of like small, not particularly great shots yeah. in the box. Um, you know, so at least we were getting shots in the box as opposed to just firing things from outside kind of wildly. So there's at least that. But, um, yeah, it was, yeah, not, not not a particularly convincing performance, I think, uh, in, in possession. And uh, I mean, I think it's telling that ultimately you needed a penalty to get get the goal in the first place. And I think uh, the, the question, obviously, some of the big question marks for me with the starting lineup was like, 
I then got pulled, and he really didn't do well in the derby. He was a, he was probably the worst of the of our guys. And we even talked about it, like it wasn't like individual talent in the game; it was a collective as a group. Uh, they were good, uh, but I then get off, and and no Salah started to start this game. Um, I love seeing you know CD Sane and some of these young guys on the bench. Didn't see him on the pitch, um, but uh, yeah, you know it's it's interesting lineup for me. And then looking over at Augsburg, they had some guys that. Obviously, you're going to draw some red flags from us. That guys who are talented. Obviously, Gikevich is a very good goalkeeper. He's a quality Bundesliga keeper. Um, for me, the guy off the top of my head was Barisha. He's their best goal scorer at the moment. Uh, first call for the German national team um, for this international break. And I mean, within the first like minute or two of the game, he had a header on goal. Granted, it was a, you know it was over the bar, but it was a chance. Uh, and some other guys, obviously, um, Meyer is a guy we always have to worry about. Demirovic has always been, uh, it seems like every team has a Schalke killer, a guy who's been a nuisance for us. Demirovic, I think, has been one for us in the past. So, so those are some of the guys I've been worried about. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts were on the lineup for Augsburg. Uh, Vargas as well, another player that if you're not really yeah. paying close attention can hurt you pretty quickly. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. So um, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, Augsburg isn't a team often that, that really catches the eye in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. But this was, like I said, this was a game that I just didn't feel great about. I mean, they have they have plenty of people that can hurt you if the opportunities are created. Um. You know, fortunately, defensively, I think we held up pretty well in this game as we have recently. So yeah. that that trend has continued, and I mean, it's been huge for us because it's keeping us in games. Um. Our offense has been misfiring, and and yeah, fortunately, we didn't have a dip in form. Um. I mean, the two goals that we conceded to Dortmund, that's the most we've conceded in a game since the blowout at Leipzig, which is yeah. the, the bad result that started this eight game unbeaten streak. So yeah. it's rare that we concede more than one. And, you know, fortunately we were able to keep that going. First half statistics were interesting. Um, possession. Like I said, they, was, they had the lion show the possession 62 to 38 in the first half. Uh, for the most of the statistics were fairly even. We had the higher XGs in the first half. We were point, 0.44. They were 0.12. So they had a lot of possession. Weren't really doing much with the ball. Um, four shots on target for them, or four shots by them, six by us. Uh, both teams two on target. We ha- uh, we both had good opportunities. Fairman had a great save in the first half on Rex uh, Rex Bajai. Um, what else? Um, corner kicks was the big thing I think in the first half. They had so many. In fact, that they didn't really get any, any XGs because of this because they you know we just cleared everything that they had. Um, six corners to one in the first half. It was a huge discrepancy in that first half, and I feel like every call was going against us. Obviously, the two yellows and, um, and all those other little knickknack fouls that they had. The, the yellow card, I, I'd like your opinion on this because I, I felt as though for some reason the, the – I don't know who the official was. Forgive me. Um, I, I felt as though he was concerned before the match started that this was going to blow up into some sort of like obnoxious physical contest. And so I feel like he was going with yellows heavy and, and early to try to put a kibosh on that. But what yeah. I felt it did is almost sort of make people upset and more agitated because of the decisions, like the players were getting annoyed about it, the coaches getting so it just kind of get created a little bit more of an atmosphere. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like a needly atmosphere. And then I think you potentially maybe saw that with some of the challenges that we saw in the second half and things like with that coming through. So I don't know. Um, I always I always find it strange when but I think refs go a little bit overboard. But yeah, it's definitely some questionable tackles in this one and, and not undeserved yellows from from Schalke's side either. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. And uh yeah, <laughs> with both Balanta and Crawl in the uh, yellows within the first 10 minutes, I said, oh, here we go. I said, you got to get Belant off right away. I was like, pick your poison, which is the, which is more likely to get a red card. I mean, I guess either guy, right? Um, but at least Crawl has done really well for us lately, so you maybe want to give your, your tip your hat to him. 
So I figured what uh, one of those guys had to come out early, and it wasn't them. It was Caraman. Uh, I don't know if it was injury, but he certainly wasn't contributing offensively. Uh, I think that's what we saw. Salazar come in at halftime, right? Like, here's the thing: when n- name a performance that that Caraman has had where he has looked good. That that moment in the derby oh, the last like, week. No, I mean, that's <laughs> moment, that yeah. moment that moment in the derby. It's a huge moment, and as we said on the podcast last week, it's a moment that's going to be remembered for a long time and probably color some of his the opinion of his tenure at Schalke. But what has he done outside of that? He has not looked good consistently. No, or, not even consistently. Almost there's been I can't even point to a specific performance where I've been like, wow, Caraman looked really sharp today. Like really looked like he was going to make something happen. Um, unfortunately, it just hasn't been there um, often enough. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not opposed with making a change. I forgot who he, he came out from. Salazar came in later in the game, obviously. So, it could have been him. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, a waffle is saying this felt like more like a derby than the actual derby did, right? Uh, with, especially with the tensions that kind of rise. Yeah, Dortmund's like, sense of urgency was so lacking last week. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Like, it felt like they could have turned the screw more than they than they tried to do ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, at halftime... Uh, Balanta would come out at halftime. Oh, what's 35th minute? Oh, 35th minute he came out. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Balanta came out at 35th minute. So, okay, that's why he didn't come out at halftime. Salazar came he on. He had the early yellow, but I think he threw in another challenge. That yeah, was, like, he, was, he was. And then the... Rice was like, yeah, okay, we need get to get out. rid of him. You know, yeah. 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 Uh, Vega came in at halftime for them, uh, for, for Bauer, who got, picked up an injury. Uh, and then obviously we had a, a slew of uh, substitutions with um, more Tarot and Iden coming in all. Um, uh, later in the game but uh yeah first half was interesting no doubt about it and then um obviously you you mentioned with the yellow cards and the game getting really racked up with, with tension second half um i thought with the insertion of vega they seem more composed back there not to take anything away from bauer but i thought vega seemed to shore it up shore them up you know at least with the ball also in the air he seemed to do very well clearing things out um, obviously his afro was sticking out as a, a noticeable player but he, i think he was doing some good things for them and then Ultimately, you know, one of the guys, what we know, what I noticed from Augsburg was that they started ramping up the, the defense that showed up, they started ra- ramping up the pressure against us. And right uh, at the start of the second half, almost, they, they were, I mean, all the way up the pitch, like from the, yeah. From the first whistle, yeah. And that, that led to the first goal, which was in the 51st minute where we were completely lackadaisical. We, we're acting like we're back in the days with Neuer, where we have a goalkeeper who's just fantastic with his feet and can pass the ball, like whatever. And, Ball goes back to Ralph Fairman and he just completely messes up the ball. Goes up in the air. Meyer gets it, gives it over to uh, Barisha or Demirovic. He gives it right back to him, and he pa- he shoots it on, on Fairman. Fairman should have saved it. I mean, two big oops by him in one play, and it resulted in the goal. Um, that was a bad play. That was just bad for Fairman. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bewildering decision. It's poor execution. Yeah, it, listen, it's a bad play by Fairman. In terms of, is it a mistake that? In the nature of the stake mistake makes it like an immediately good goal scoring chance for, for Augsburg, not as much as some goalkeeper mistakes. Yeah. So I feel like there actually is some defender blame in this situation, which I'll talk about in a second, but yeah, I mean like with, with Furman, like go long, you know, it, it clear the ball to like midfield from, from, you know, from a goal kick, like go long or go to a sideline or play a short pass on the ground. This sort of like this sort of like short mid range loop dink, just it, you know, in the center of the pitch, in front of the box, like felt like yeah. it was, you know, not gonna go our way. And yeah, obviously, um, you know, it's intercepted. It, it goes to an immediate counter. And then I felt like even even at that point, though, we had a numerical advantage in the box in terms of the center I mean, and everything. It was like you know, four or five to two, and um, Myers was unmarked on the right side of the box. 
Like, I don't, and I don't know with like that many, how you have that many players there, you can just completely ignore one of the players sitting on the edge. And it ultimately it's way too easy. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's Farron puts us in a bad position and puts his defenders under pressure, but I felt like the organization in that moment was, was really poor from Schalke. And that's a really dumb goal to concede ultimately. So I feel if, if I remember correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, when uh, on that play, the closest guy to Fairman was Yoshida, but he was on the right side of Fairman. So the ball w- would have came over the top of Jens and Matriciani, Matriciani, who did not catch Meyer with the run in. Is that how if I'm remembering it correctly, or how, how'd you see it? You're on mute. <laughs> You're still on mute. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, what I was saying is I'd have to rewatch. I don't remember who specifically is to blame, but Jens is, I think, maybe one of them that could have stepped um, yeah. and, and tried to make something happen and just kind of left somebody unmarked. Um, and yeah, and by the way, the lack of the lack of attention to potential shooters has been an issue. Recently, we saw that you know um, last week with one of the goals. We saw it in the first half. Was that the was that the Rex Bajai chance? Like low to the ground. Oh the yeah, yeah. The Fairman made right? a great save. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, like that's another one where there's we're playing so compact and so deep that we're not stepping in stepping at all. And there's people that are just like, all right, I'll take a shot. Like if you're not going to put any pressure on me, like these are not dangerous, like dangerous moments, but there's such a lack of ball pressure that they become dangerous moments because people just start taking shots. So Schlotterbeck last week, same thing. Yes. You know? Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was like somewhat related. Not, I think it's more just us falling, us falling asleep, but too often we have people that are, you know, we're not paying close enough attention to in that regard. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was Demirovic with the assist, and uh, he was so excited by that that you know you usually be, like to see what the reaction is. Uh, Demirovic must have been just so excited about that assist that he wanted to get a goal in or something, get more involved, and he was more involved. Uh, high boot to Kraus's face, bloodied hit him up. Red card, good call. Um, referee initially was going to go yellow. He did bring it out of yellow. I think when he saw the blood, pulled out the red card. I think his assistants probably told him too it was a high boot. Um, at first, I didn't think it was. I, I just I didn't catch that it was his boot that went up high. I knew he got him, uh, but when you obviously you see it, it's, it's a clear foul. Even our friend of the show, dear friend uh, Marie Schulte-Bolcom, she interviewed Kraus after the game. She met and she she mentioned uh, she messaged us and she was like, "Yeah, Kraus's face is pretty messed up in person. It looked really bad." I mean, like and I don't and I I believe it. I mean, it looked like it. Jeez. Yeah, shout out to Marie by the way. Um, yeah. Nice job for her after the game. Um, yeah, it was strange because we hadn't. We hadn't looked great in the first half. Yeah, we had, we probably created more than they did in the first half, but they had so much possession. And, you know, and like, once again, even the thing that stuff we created wasn't particularly convincing. So first half performance, not great. We get into the second half. They're putting a lot of pressure on us immediately. They force a big mistake. It's another Fairman goalkeeper mistake. Yeah. They're at home. They have the momentum. And you're sitting there and you're like, wow, this is really looking like it might start going south. And within like, what, like a minute or two? It was like right after they scored that. He does that, and it's a high – and, like, look, there's no intent. He didn't no. mean to hurt anybody, that kind of thing, but it is a red card yeah. based on what he did. And, yeah, you saw the effect of that on Kraus and everything. So um, deserved a red card there. And then that 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 changed the game where you thought was going to change the game. Um, and then ultimately, I'm sure this is, I'm sure we'll get into, like, we didn't take advantage of it. But um, we had, what, 30-plus minutes at that point to try to, you know, snatch something back with a man yeah. advantage and it uh, didn't happen for us. Yeah, second half statistics, 75%, 75% possession for us as versus the 25% by them. XG was 1.39, obviously 0.75 with a, with a penalty, 0.21 for them. Eight shots by us, five by them still, You know, even though they're a man down. Uh, a lot of those shots came in the first 10 minutes, obviously, for them. Shots on target, 3-1 to one for us. Um, we had a lot of blocked shots in the second half. Uh, corner kicks, 5-3 to three in our favor. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and we had seven shots inside the box. So, I mean, obviously, you were going to have a lot of possession, but we did nothing with it. Uh, you know, Fry, again, I, I think he's still the best option at striker, but he wasn't doing much, and it wasn't until Tarota came in that we kind of saw Simon being the, the focal point and Fry kind of going on the wing. Which we, we, he's pretty good with the crosses. You know, we've seen, obviously, two assists in these last few weeks. Um, but still, it was just like more comes on, and automatically, you, instead of keeping Bolter, where he's dangerous on the left-hand side, you put him in the middle in the mix with Tarota and Fry. He gets lost in the mix. He doesn't really get much of the ball in the second half. Moore is struggling with Machisiani. Or Moore came in for Machisiani, I should say. But Moore and Jens, they weren't doing much on the left-hand side. And it was just wasn't working. We had a lot of possession. But we, like you said, we weren't doing much of the ball. And Yeah, they they backed off big time. I mean, sometimes it's the back bus, five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very deep, very compact. Um seeding tons of possession to our center backs in the opposition half, like not putting any pressure on them, letting them kind of work it around. And for whatever reason, I don't feel like we worked it nearly enough on the ground. Um, you would think with the man advantage, especially we'd be able to get the ball to, to wide areas and then whip in lower pacier crosses from more dangerous angles. And so often we play, you know, the ball back and forth a couple times between the center backs to a right back. And then somebody would just from from fairly deep out and not from like a wide angle would just start whipping these more like lofty looping crosses and, and like forward balls into the box. They're a little bit easier to defend and, and clear out. And that's or they're out be, of bounds. Yeah, I mean, like, that, that just seems to be most of our um, attack. And so I understand it's difficult to break an opponent down who's sitting that deep. But like we just look like we had no ideas whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, what do we have, like 20 crosses or something in the second half? But like some absurds that you said it was like six to one in the first half. I'm sure we probably had double digit, like probably yeah. 20, 20 ish crosses in the second half. Most of them just like fairly aimless. There were a couple, you know, dangerous ones, a couple penetrating ones. Salazar had one to Tirada that he potentially should have gotten. Um, 39 uh, crosses in the second half. So more, <laughs> so more than 20. There you go. Something insane. Like, like that, that's all it was like in, yeah. in just not enough of them were good. Yeah. Try to have, like I said, had one, I think, decent chance from from Salazar and try to hit it wide. Um, But outside of that, it was just a, it was a lot of, you know, crazy long balls, crazy statistic. Um, We lost the possession 79 times in the second half, which is not good. Right. But uh long ball accuracy, 82 percent. Obviously, the crosses were poor at 28 percent. Um, Passing accuracy was really good. 87 percent. Uh, We had almost 200 more passes than they did in the second half. But obviously it's going to be when you're, when you're a man up uh, and the things can go, we've seen it go multiple ways against us. When we go up a man, either the other team does really well. I think we've seen that with Union in the past and, and other teams, uh, or it'd be a situation like this where they just parked a bus and we got to try to break them down. We were struggling. You knew that when that foul happened against Kraus, you're going to have a lot of stoppage time, I think. And like I said, we weren't doing anything. So we we're just hoping that we would get a boatload of, yeah, that was like five plus minutes in and of itself. That that one it ended up being ten. Yeah. It ended up being ten, and it wasn't until third minute of stoppage time where uh, ball gets worked into the box, and I think it was Boulter finding Toroto. Toroto gets fouled, clear penalty, uh, gets taken down, and I, I remember, I remember on the watch along, I said anybody but Toroto. I said I love Simone, but anybody but Toroto taking this this penalty kick. And of course, it's Marius Boulter step up and puts it away, but uh, clutch. Yeah, got to feed the hot hand. Uh, both are definitely the kind of like sociopathic face that you want in those high pressure situations, the kind of guy that would appear to be unmoved in those high pressure situations. Um, yeah. I mean, what is it? Four goals in four games now for yeah. Bolter. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, great, great for him. Uh, he's, he's stepped up and appeared when we've needed it. We're still struggling to score, but at least he's firing. Imagine if we had Fry firing on a more, you know, 
consistent basis or getting goals from other contributors as well. It's been kind of both of like the one man show, but um, huge, huge. Um, like I said, overall, even, even despite that penalty, we created more, but for some reason for me, it felt like the point was almost kind of like undeserved. I don't know. It was weird. Um, I don't know how you felt. It felt like we kind of got bailed out a little bit. Obviously it's a 90th minute penalty. So it's going to feel that way, but I didn't feel watching that game that we made enough of the man advantage right. to really stake a claim and say that we deserve something out of it. Like, I feel like we should have done a lot more in that final 30 minutes with the advantage that we have. Um, and then we just kind of got fortunate in the end. Yeah. And, and to your point, like a lot of the crosses, even to William's point here, Shaka can in the house, shout out to them. Um, Lots of crosses, like you said earlier, they weren't going anywhere. They're out of bounds, like going for these Hail Marys, basically, that weren't working at all. Um, it showed, like, Augsburg were smart to do what they did because what we've, what we've struggled all season long, one of the things we struggled all season long is the final third, creating those chances. And now they're giving us, a, hey, go ahead, try to beat us. We dare you. And we couldn't do it. And we tried, we tried, and we had crosses that went to the moon. Uh, never, and never, nothing really daring on on Dikevic. He had a couple of saves in the in the second half, but for the most part, not enough. When you're up a guy, when you're up a, a a player, you should have a lot more chances on target. And we were just blowing opportunity after opportunity. There was no sense of urgency until maybe like five minutes left in the game. It was the just... thing that was bothering me so much though was like considering how far they were backing off of us. It seemed like there wasn't a need to play as many long looping balls into the box as we did. Like we yeah. could have done more to advance and pass into it. Maybe we're still trying to keep like a deep defensive shell so we can't get countered. So we don't want people to advance as far. I don't know what the what you know what the what the messaging was from the coaching staff on the sideline, but like yeah, it was just so weird that we like that's what we were resorting to. It felt kind of lazy and, and like we just really didn't have the patience or or the um the creativity to 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 find a way to do anything else. Yeah, the default seemed to go pass it back to Bruner or Yoshida or Jens or even more and just let them cross it in and see what could happen over the top. And it's like, that's not working. And I thought the guys in the front, uh, all of them, including, including you know, Kraus and Kral, too, too um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, too uh, static. And they weren't moving around enough. And just like, hey, find me, find me, I'm open. It's like, no, you're not. You got to move around. The best teams in, 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 in the world, even the Bundesliga, when they're attacking, they're moving around. They're 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 drawing off the defense. The defense made it easy for them. They just sat there and just watched them. So okay, bring it to us, and we'll clear it when you cross it. Uh, and that's I mean, yeah, I can see how that's you know an undeserved point. I'll I'll take it all day long for sure, and I know you will too. But yeah, it's of the of the eight games, that was one of the one of the worst performances, I guess, uh, in the stretch. I guess I try remember. No, no, I would I would absolutely agree with that. Wouldn't you? Don't you think that yeah. was the one that 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 felt the most kind of un, undeserved or unstable? Yeah, like, in terms yeah. of the performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you got to be lucky, right? That Fairman. I mean, uh, Tarota did get fouled, and he it was deserved. Play that play was deserved, but I mean, yeah, it's just like man, that's the this is the one game that didn't feel like you know, hey, we were the better team, and of mo of all the draws we've had this this uh this run here this has been the one game i think that's like yeah it didn't feel like it deserved at all but i'll i'll take it <laughs> yeah absolutely keep it going i mean like i said we just have to find a way to start scoring more goals so that we can um turn some of these draws into wins because uh you know the issue now is you have teams like like Bochum who you know, we beat in a relegation six point or what three match days ago yeah, and we were feeling really good because you know not only was that a big win for us to get to get another you know W on the board after a while, but relegation six pointer because we're depriving Bochum of that opportunity. What have they done since? They've rattled off two consecutive wins, right? I mean, including against Leipzig this this past weekend. So it, it's just, it's yeah, it's very Unreal. frustrating. Like, um, 
it, it's great to have sort of the defensive consistency and the consistent, you know, points getting that we've been having. But um, yeah, we're just not accumulating enough points if we're not getting the wins. We have to find a way to get the ball in the back of the net. The defense has been great. Um, it's been what the best defense in the second half of the season, probably certainly, yeah, yeah. certainly during this unbeaten run, it's the best defense in the league, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the offense just continues to kind of, um, evade us and, and, you know, unless Kazuki gets healthy, which it doesn't look like you said surgery, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless we get like, like that kind of like random spark. I just don't know where it's going to come from at this point. Um, I, I don't. We've seen enough from Fry over the past few weeks to, to, to know that like this is not going to be like the loan signing or whatever that's going to suddenly yeah. result in him scoring ten goals in the second half of the season. You know what I mean? Like it, I just I just don't know who it's going to come from at this point. So I think we may be in trouble there. Um, we're still in the mix. We're within the points. I think if we continue this form, not unbeaten form, I'm not expecting us to go unbeaten for the rest of the year. But if we continue this sort of consistent points getting form draws you know eliminating losses for the most part yeah. i do think there's a chance mathematically that we get out of this yeah. but it's not going to happen anytime soon it's going to go right down to the end and i think the only way that we get comfortable is if we rattle off a couple wins in a row and our schedule is only going to get tougher towards the end of the season we have two must six point game we have oh, must, uh, two must win games uh coming up after leverkusen we got international break coming up and then we got leverkusen and then we have Hertha and Hoffenheim, two games we have to win. Absolutely, if we don't win those games, I mean, I don't. We're gonna have to pull miracles out in the end of the season. Yeah, Hertha in particular too, because they're a dumpster fire and they're yeah. they need to go down. And I mean, if we if we if they find a way to get a result against us, and that I think that's probably a, a, a death certificate for us in, in this in this campaign. I don't know. Either um, them beat us, yeah. so, but yeah, it's yeah. just. So some of the results that happened this weekend that went or didn't go our, our way, uh, Hoffenheim beat Hertha three to one, and I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, that was a better result as opposed to Hertha winning uh, because Hoffenheim are only one point ahead of us now. Um, Hertha stays one point ahead of us, um, so three one, and Hoffenheim got a red card, but they were up three nothing at one point uh, in that game. Stuttgart they lost uh, one nothing to Wolfsburg. Bochum, you mentioned they won one nothing as Leipzig. I couldn't believe that result. I was expecting six goals from Leipzig, and they freaking Bochum pulls out another one like that. Our our, our rivals uh, to the east uh, did us a favor, beat Cologne six to one. So that's kind of what we were hoping for Leipzig, and that didn't come through. And so, um, and then the shock of the weekend is Leverkusen over Bayern, but it did no effect on us. But um, Bochum win. That's it puts them on twenty five. They're not four points ahead of us. Uh, four five points ahead of us. Uh, yeah, they which, they just had too many of those random results, and you got to give them credit that they've. The two they, haven't been, they, haven't been, they haven't been good this season, but they've randomly gotten some of these things that we haven't gotten, so good for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, some questions that came in. Uh, first from uh, our friends at the bottom, uh, Stuttgart Americana. They said, why aren't you guys bad? I'm sorry, man. Sorry, sorry Travis. <laughs> uh, they're more, more serious. We were though. in the first half of the season. We were, we were, we were. Uh, also, shout out to a 50-plus donor. Uh, check out his Twitch. Uh, talk about all Bundesliga games. So definitely check him out. Uh, but he asked a question. If Shaka stays up, who do you think stays on the team and who should go if we stay up? Um, that's an interesting question because we always look at it from the perspective of, hey, if we go down, who who can we keep? Who will stay? Uh, I think Salat, was it Salazar or someone came out recently and said, hey, if we get uh, if we get relegated, I'm leaving the team. Um, and it makes sense. I think it was Salazar. But yeah, yeah. Which I understand. Uh, I don't think he wants to do another one of those. I mean, he, he's he's proved that he's at the level where he can play at the Bundesliga level. I don't think he wants to play in the second correct. division. I wouldn't hold it against Bolter either. Uh, if he if he decided to go, um, 
I think Toronto should stay because he can only score in the Bundesliga league. If we, oh, if we stay, no, he should stay with us. No, um, but uh, yeah, if we, I like to keep all these guys. I mean, like, look, look at the starting eleven from this past game. Of those those eleven, who would you want to stay if we if we stayed up? Um, Kraus, I just saw the option today. It wasn't that much. Well, for us, it'd be a much. That's, that's the thing. Kraus and Kral are just going to be like, can we afford them? Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Crawl. Um, yeah, no, I like Cross a little bit better. But like, if we could find a way to keep both of them, obviously, I think that'd be a, a big get for us. Um, I'm obviously Caramon. I'm not really interested in, in him sticking around. Um, Bolter, I was critical of him early in the year. Still have some criticisms of him, but obviously, he's come up big recently and was big last year. So I think you keep you know you keep Marius Bolter. He's shown that he can make an impact. Um, Fry. I mean, do, do we do we really want to go after him and keep him? I don't know, but I do think that he has looked better than Torada, as we've talked about. And so, it's more of a question like, do you want to try to like get him on a permanent deal or just go find somebody else in the market? And I I think based on what he's done so far, I wouldn't be opposed to just trying to find somebody better in the market if it's available. But like, not opposed. Um, and then like Jens, I think you have to try to yeah. lock up if you can. I think he's been really classy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Matriciani, Bruner, Yoshida, I think will he, does he have like an automatic option if we stay up for another year? I would imagine. I forget what his contract is, but like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not stoked about Yoshida long-term obviously, but I think with Jens, that's been a good pairing. So yeah. if we can do that. Um, yeah. Unless we got, uh, Itakura back somehow, some way. <laughs> um, Bruner, yeah, I like, I like to keep Bruner. I think I think he's done enough. He's serviceable. He, he's consistent at least at least in the defensive side. Jens for sure. I think he's one of our top guys. We have to keep if we if we we stay up. Um, Matriciani, just you know, like a depth player. Um, I agree with you about Yoshida and Fairman to an extent too. Like we can keep him, and they're 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 fairly cheap. Why not? Uh, Crawl. I, I mean, of the of the three that were in the middle, Kraus for sure. You'd love to buy him if we can. Uh, Crawl if you can get him cheap or on a loan. Blanta hasn't really, I haven't seen anything yet. Obviously, it's only been a couple games, so it's hard to really say anything. But you no, know, him and Fry, it'd be okay if we found alternatives for them, like you said. Karaman, same, I'm same with you. I think Bolter is someone I definitely want to keep. Um, Tarota, I'm not ever going to say no with him uh, because if we somehow find some money and really build a good team and can find service, Tarota will be useful for us. Is it going to be the 30 goal score we saw in this fight league last year? Probably not. Um, it might be good just to keep him either way. We stay up or go down because if you go to go down, at least you know he'll score goals in the second in the second division. But he does seem like he gener- like genuinely likes the club. So yeah. if he wants if he wants to stay and we can afford him for cheap, I, I forget what his contract situation is. I'll have to like look at it again. I'm not I remember, up to yeah. speed on that. Last year, I remember. Um, but assuming it's not going to be like you know insanely Arnold, like, expensive where you can't justify it based on the production, I'm not opposed to having him as a locker room guy and like a super sub option. But like yeah, this season. Hasn't been there. I think a lot of that is we just don't have the squad around him to provide yeah. him the service that he was able to get last year when the the talent level was a little bit more you know even. So I think that's part of it. I don't think it's all on him, but at the same time, no, he has not been good. And there's also been some of his like you know more like instinctive reaction finishes. He was phenomenal last year. He missed misses. a great opportunity in this last game. Well, yeah, that's that's the second yeah second half ex, the you know pretty one of the higher xG chances I was talking about yeah. earlier too. That was yeah. one of them. But like stuff like that that he was just on target with a lot more last year. Even if it wasn't, even if it was being saved or whatever, like some of these things, are just I don't know. I, I feel like he's been a little bit off compared to his, his form last year for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, look at some of the guys on the bench. Grimal, I'll have to keep him just to see if he can get him cheap, if he's still cheap, you know, and keep him just to see what he can do. Um, more, I'm I'm done with him. Salazar, obviously, love to keep him. Idan, I'd love to keep him as well, if, especially if it's cheap. And then City Sane, because I want to see what he can do. Give him a chance, right? Why not? Um, and then Kazuki, obviously. Kazuki's going to be one of the top guys you want to sign. Unless you go, go back to Fry for a second. I mean, why keep Fry when there may be somebody like, you know, can Ahmed Kudichu available on the market potentially to come in and solve our striking woes? Marvin um, Perringer. Yeah, bring him back. Well, he'll alone. be back on loan, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. So you might not need anybody, right? Uh, yeah. we need, no, can we bring we him back need, for the last we, run? We need as many as we can get, my friend. Yes, this is true. This is true. But I mean, keep a Kazuki too. I mean, we don't know if it's just a one-hit wonder with him, but at this point, we can't risk it. At this point, um, I don't know what kind of money we would get if we stayed in the league. If we got any kind of bump like that, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, good question. Uh, it's always easier to say who would you who would go if the team gets relegated, but if they stay up, that's, you know, who would you keep and who would you not? Um, and, you know, we got to obviously have a, uh, a new sporting director, you know, Canabo is just doing this part-time and I think May or June, they're going to have the new, new person come in. So uh, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, it was uh, overall interesting um, how that all panned out. Um, let me scroll, find something. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think it necessarily means anything for you know a significant impact to our transfer budget, you know, in the summer or anything. But there was also the news this week that uh, Schalke announced that regardless of which league we end up in in the fall, that we uh, forecast that we will make a profit this year as a club for the first time first. in a while. So yeah. that yeah, so that, was, that was a huge development as well. So good on good on those that are uh, responsible for that at the top. There's there's a number of them, but um, nice to see that we're moving towards financial solvency once again. Um, it's funny. All of us, all of us in Schalke Nation, uh, Germans, Americans, all over the world, everyone's taken to this uh, cult figure in Matriciani. Uh, you know, and everyone's called Lord Matriciani, this and that, whatever. And for good reason, right? You know, it's you know a, a guy who grew up with the team and, and obviously he's doing well right now for us. What I found interesting, it's funny that Shalkov also jumped on board with this and they tweeted out the picture of uh, Matriciani with the balloon the oar. So they obviously hear it too and they're, and they're playing along with it too, which is, uh, which is pretty nice. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, for, for everything he's done, he actually, Oh, whoops, I didn't mean that. Um, he, uh, he actually got a call up to uh, the U21s. Um, and f- he's not the only one, there's four other ones too. So, five Shaka players on international duty during this international break, Matriciani being one of them. Uh, the five players are uh, Mehmet Aiden getting his first call up to Turkey with the U21s. Uh, deserved call up, I, I guess. So, I mean, I, I don't know what Turkey status is in their U21. I don't know what kind of talent they have. Uh, but, you know, good to see him getting a call up. Alex Kral, you know, talking with him, he got, or not talking with him, talking about him. Uh, he gets a call up with the uh, Czech Republic. Ibrahim uh, Sise, who we, we don't even see, but he's been playing with the U23s. Um, he's getting, uh, trying to join with Mali and trying to make the uh, Cup of Nations for Africa and the U23s as well. And then, of course, Matriciani and Kraus, along with Malik Chow with the U21s. I think Malik Chow made up to the senior team, I think, but uh, certainly Matriciani and Kraus with the U21s, which is a, a good addition for both of them, a good experience for them, I think. Um, certainly Kraus has deserved it for a long time, uh, but good to see Matriciani getting some love for his recent form, uh, with it, with the club. Mentalitates monster Matriciani. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I cannot wait until he gets the senior team call up and sort of inexplicably becomes like, like the, the crux and sort of the emotional heart of a, of a resurgent 
you know, DFB in, in a future World Cup after a couple of disappointing uh, cycles. Uh, no, yeah, happy for Matriciani. Look, look, I mean, like, people can dump on him all they want. We certainly have at times, but like, he's come in at this left back position. He'll come in anywhere, center back, left back, wherever you need him, and he'll, he'll put in the shift to work his ass off. There's been times he's been exposed. Recently, he really hasn't been that much. I mean, the, yeah. the unbeaten streak that we've had has not changed since he's been reinserted into the lineup. It's still going. That's like, you know, what, three games on the bounce now with him in the lineup that we haven't, you know, still haven't lost. So uh, difficult to uh, to criticize him and, you know, happy that he's getting some recognition for his national team. I'm sure that's a cool moment for him. The Aiden thing I thought was interesting because I thought that he had some some German youth ties as well. Did he, like, make an official decision to potentially move to – Yeah, so it's, it's a call, so call yeah. for team. So I guess, I guess he's yeah. making, like, a switch to Turkey then because I thought it was, like, yeah. a dual national thing with him. So that's actually kind of a significant moment in his career. Um, I don't think it's a bad decision for him. Um, I mean, based on better chance to play so with, the, far, with Turkey. Absolutely. Like, like I like him. I think he can develop into a good player. I yeah. don't think, based on what we're seeing from him, he's ever going to be the kind of player that's going to be, you know, seriously looked at for significant playing time in the German national team. So I definitely think that yeah. Turkey may be a better route for him. Um, but also, I mean, if if he just simply identifies with that nation more, that's that's entirely fair too. It's not always about you know pragmatic decisions. Sometimes it's it's a uh, it's a heartstrings thing. You never know. So. Yeah, I forgot what player recently was like. Say, hey, you know, my mother, you know, this is my mother's country, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, for me, I'm, she's married my whole world, and so I want to, you know, pay her back by you know joining the team of her her youth, even though he, you know, the per, the player played in Germany, whatever. So anyway, um, you know, you know, obviously I then with with Turkey playing, you know, uh, Armenia and Croatia this uh, this international break. Kral is gonna play against Poland and Moldova. Cisse against Senegal and uh, two games against Senegal, uh, obviously in a play-in and the qualifiers there. And then uh, Matriciani and Kraus uh, against Japan and Romania. The main thing, I think, with all of this, all, all the players, in particular the ones who play on our team outside of Cisse, um, <clears throat> everyone stays healthy. We can't yep. afford any injuries. All these guys, especially Matriciani, Kraus, and Kral at the moment, but Iden as well, they, they're key contributors to the team and on this current run. We cannot afford any more injuries uh, and so the last thing we want to see is these guys play and they get injured. Hopefully they play and do well and they continue they continue their successes. But the last thing we need to see is injuries by these one of these five gentlemen. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Matriciani filling in for injured people at the moment himself. So losing him would be a big deal. Kraus and Kral both getting call-ups. That's our starting midfield pairing in pretty much yeah. every match. That's a big deal. Iden maybe a little bit less so. Um, but, you know, we don't have a lot of depth. So if it's not Bruner, it pretty much has to be Iden. Otherwise, you're using Matriciani. And then once again, he's already being used to left back. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the good news is that unfortunately our, our team and our squad at the moment isn't so talented that international windows are as big of a deal as they otherwise might be. Yeah. Um, where we're not having, you know, some sort of hugely significant portion of the squad that is, that is going away. So, um, I guess there was kind of the hope that we were going to be able to use that to kind of get healthy and then be available for a final push. Unfortunately, more people that are in the starting lineup going away than I would like, but, um, I mean, obviously, you never begrudge people going to serve their national team. It's a yeah. big deal for a lot of players and everything. So, yeah, just got to get fingers crossed that they, uh, you know, they do well, stay healthy, and uh, nothing bad for us for the rest of the year. Amen to that. Uh, international break is funny because I was looking ahead of this weekend schedule, and I was like, oh, man, I got I can't do the watch along this weekend because uh, I got something to do on Saturday. And I looked at the schedule, like, oh, no, we get international break. Funny how things work out sometimes, right? Uh, so next game isn't until April 1st. Not an April Fool's joke. Uh, hopefully, it's not that game either. But um, Schalke at home against Leverkusen. Uh, and then, again, two big games the following weeks against Hertha and Hoffenheim. Or Hoffenheim-Hertha, excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, a lot to play for still. We'll learn a lot about the team in the next three weeks. Or four weeks, I guess, include the initial break. 
But uh, yeah, man, we talked about a lot today. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get on here? No, I'm good. Let's let, let, let's sail off into the smooth international break and, and uh, get us some much needed rest. Wonderful, wonderful. Since El Waffle's here, I wish I had his song here so I could play play us out of here with a Frankie Kramer remix. But uh, I guess we cannot. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, shout out to everyone who, uh, obviously everyone on the Discord. If you're not part of the Discord yet, uh, we just tweeted out a link. I thought you were playing it. Um, <laughs> uh, you, we just tweeted out the link today, so make sure you join the, the Discord channel. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, everyone who uh, joined us for the watch along uh, this past weekend and the past weekends before that too, uh, shout out to you guys as well. Uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Megan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. <laughs> you would be proud on the watch along. I said your name perfectly and didn't mess it up. So. Love it. Well done. The streak continues. Uh, you can follow me at R underscore K H A R M A N. More importantly, you can follow Shock America. Shock, I can't even say Shock America. Shock America across all social media. Uh, definitely, if you uh, have not subscribed to our YouTube page just yet, please do. Also, give a thumbs up to the video. Same thing on Facebook. Uh, and then, yeah, go check out shockamerica.com. Uh, we got, you know, try to put some articles as often as we can. And then you keep along with everything else that we all the other nonsense we're going to keep doing with the day. So, uh, chat, thank you everyone again. Uh, a waffle, there you go. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> thank you for uh, contributing with the music. We love it. We love it. Uh, for Jack, for myself, for the international break, we'll see. Uh, rest up, stay healthy, <laughs> including our players, and we'll catch you soon. Luke Alf. Mm-hmm.